little house in the Rue de Beauvoir, where once lived Therese Lassage, the fortune teller, a drama is being enacted. The Marchioness de Montespan, dark, imperious, masked and cloaked, sits in the bare little room facing the red-headed Walton and his whining companion, La Bosse. The Marchioness, well known for her ruthlessness and cunning, has asked for help, and the other two have agreed to give it. They have just been visited by Joel, seeking Therese, and they believe that he was sent by the police. They are hungry, penniless, and afraid. It will not be the first time they have dabbled in extremely dubious business, and in their present straits, they are willing to do anything for money. The Marchioness does not have to ask twice. This lady, we are ready to obey. We will do anything you want us to, anything at all. Whom is it you wish to destroy? We are glad to serve one who is unafraid. What is it you want us to do, noble lady? Listen, and I will tell you. On more than one occasion, I have had recourse to the talent of Lesage and Lavoisin. Many a great lady was grateful for their knowledge. No none stepped forth to save Lavoisin from the flames. Are you as skillful as they in the art of fabricating that potion, which, given in a carefully calculated dose, invigorates, in a larger one plunges into sleep, and in a still larger one, or in a prolonged series of small portions? Causes the sleep without waking. <laughs> ah, the sleep without waking. <laughs> Many's the pretty lady we've sung that lullaby to. Eh, Walton? <laughs> but it costs money, my lady. You can't do these things without money. Think of our consciences. You shall have your money, you old hypocrite. Here. Oh, money, money. Oh, the merry sound of the gold. For Walton. Bring out to a follower of mine what you speak of. And if I be satisfied with you, you shall be fully recompensed. It shall be done, no noble lady, said one. And do not think I do not know that Monsieur de la Reine lives in this street. I advise you not to attract the attention of the police, for you are what? Oh, it is as I thought. You see, Mother Boss, I was right. There was one of la Reine's spies who came to us just now. The officer whom I met at the door. Oh, was he an officer? I did not notice. I was too taken up with the size of him and his great sword. He made enough noise for the whole army. But he did not glean much from us, that I can tell you. It would take more than that outside simpleton to catch this fox. Yes, he tricked you just the same, my friend. You let him get away with the money. He was carrying money. No, no. It takes no notice of the old hag. She's too greedy for her own good. It would have had us all in the back seat if she'd had her way. And you would have let us starve, you old fool. You could have had the locket. Locket? What locket? Oh, some trinket he carried. Tell me all, fool, immediately. You think you know the locket, lady? I do not think, and neither will you if you are well advised. Just tell me, that is all. The spy came here with some story about looking for Therese. Lavoisin's daughter. 
he was a fortune teller, but he fled for frightening I know, I know. Go on. To set us at our ease, the British trappers. He said he had a locket for her, which had been given him by her father, Pierre Lesage, before he died in the Bastille. Did you see this locket? No, he did not show it. But he said it was valuable. He said Lesage had told him it contained a paper of great importance to Gervais. A paper? Merciful heaven, Tony, it cannot be. This paper would be of interest to human lady. Was it a letter? I do not know. Pierre Lesage sent it, he said, to his daughter on the eve of his death, which perhaps he divined. He was a wizard, so they said. There is more in this wizard's cross than most acknowledge. But nothing was found on him that incriminated me. He could never have destroyed that letter that I know. Oh, that letter, that letter, what could have become of it? The old fox placed it in the locket and passed it on to some hand he believed he could trust. Are you sure of it? Well, I should think it was so. You saw this young giant on your way here, madame. For a moment, yes. And I have seen him before. He is a Breton, Monsieur Joel. Not long up from his native soil. Not long for Paris, from what you told me. He is off to join Marshal Creighton at Freiburg, as soon as he's seen the Minister of War at noon. It seems he has talked too much for talk. It is lucky for me you have ears and a good memory. Delighted to be of service to you, my noble lady. You shall be rewarded, never fear. And so shall Monsieur Joel. I know more of him than he thinks, this intruder from Brittany. His shadow falls too heavy across my top. Once he repulsed my friendship. He is the associate, unconscious or otherwise, of the woman who is trying to displace me at court. And now he is the master of my secret and my fate. He was of a size to frighten anyone. And he had on his size, which is a bad sign. Besides, he has a great sword and a strong arm. It would not be well to make an enemy of such a one. I have no intention of facing his sword. I have no intention of ever seeing the young fool again. Friend Walker. Can you procure for me two stout swordsmen who will do any work except if they are well paid? When do you want them, madame? At once. Go to the cavern of the dry well at the Quarouge, Mother Boss, as quickly as your creaking bones will take you. Your brother, the lockbreaker, will be carousing there unless I'm mistaken. I'll go at once if I can have a coin to send upon the way. A body can't go far when its legs are weak from hunger. Here you are, old woman, the hurry. Oh, a blessing on you, lady. You have a kind heart as well as one that's unafraid. I go at once. And quicker than many a younger one with less brains. Bring him back with you, old woman. And another of his stamp. He's bound to no one. Tell them there's gold to win with their steel and they'll come running. I trust he will, for by my faith this Breton's gone too far in braving me and being a fetter upon me. You shall be my foot, Monsieur Joel, and I begin to believe that you will not arrive at Freiburg without some thorn catching you in the hedges. This lockbreaker, is he to be trusted? 
if the purse is big enough. It shall be. So long as he does a good job, I shall be satisfied. That locket is the utmost importance to me. And what, madame, is the powder you came first to obtain? I shall take it with me. Mm-hmm. My noble lady has many enemies. It is natural when one aspires high, my good Walter, as well you know. But they do not last long. Though all cannot be attacked directly as we shall do with the Breton. I shall get the potion for you at once. This lady for whom it is intended... I gave no indication, my friend, whether it was for a lady or a gentleman. Take my advice and keep your sharp wits to yourself. Do as you are bid and ask no questions. All I need is the powder. I will do exactly as you say. Good. Now the powder, if you please. I am going, my Hurry, then. Hurry. With all speed. Who would have believed it of him? To hide it in a locket and then death of my life to give it to this incorruptible weapon. Ah, but honesty is a curse in one's enemies. Oh, that I had never written that wretched letter to commit my sins on paper. I'd be mad. But in my death, if that were found, even Louis could not overlook it. You have been... Oh, it is you. Come in and shut the door. This is my brother, most noble lady, the lockbreaker. At your service, madam. Hmm. You have a strong arm and a good sword and the scars of a good many battles. Many an honest fight I've been in, I can tell you. I doubt if they were honest by the looks of you. But honesty is not what I am buying today. Can I trust you? If I am well paid... You shall be. Then I am yours to command. Listen carefully, then. There is a young musketeer riding to Freiburg. He leaves the Minister of War at about noon and will undoubtedly ride by the road to Lorraine. I wish him... disposed of. Yes. Lady, there's a war on. Many a musketeer rides that road... How shall I know him? You will have no trouble. He is a giant of a man with a great sword flanking by his side. The biggest sword I ever did see. Mind to keep out of its way, Brother Lockbreaker. I'm not afraid of any man's sword. Besides, I'll have an accomplice with me. You will need him. Our musketeer has courage to match his side. He'll not escape. I trust not. Understand me clearly, comrade. I want him killed. Get your horses and run him down. He carries a locket of which I have need. Rid me of the gallant and bring me the token, and I will give you a fortune. A fortune, brother? Think of that! Yeah. How much do we get in advance? Fifty pistoles. And you shall have three times as much when you put the locket in my hand. Lady, it is a bargain. <laughs> Monsieur Le Breton is as good as dead. <laughs> Son of Porthos, adapted for radio by Margaret Dunn from the novel by Alexander Dumas, a George Edwards production. Mm-hmm.